Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. I guess maybe let me digress first of all and say that at the end of every service, we, we, we receive an offering. And there is a portion of that offering where our church gives away 10% intentionally to missionaries, to organizations that are planting churches. And one of those organizations is the Ohio, Ohio Church Multiplication Network. They help other pastors get planted uh, healthy churches just like this one. And they train them and send them, bless them financially, because you all know that it takes money to do this. And so... Uh, that we support organizations like that. In fact, the Ohio Church Multiplication Network is the church that helped, or is the organization that funded us. They gave us some money to go out and to start our church uh, in addition to our sending church, C3 Church. So it's an incredible blessing. And, uh, and so we give to them, and they help other churches do, do what they do to get started. And uh, uh, about last year, having that attitude in our hearts, about last year around this time, uh, Claudio and, his, and uh, Paula Penha came to visit our church, and they had a vision in their heart to start a church. And I, I knew Claudio from years ago. We used to serve in a youth ministry at a church uh, in probably 1999, 2000, somewhere around then. And, uh, and I, knew, I knew his wife because I was in class with her brother. Uh, we went to high school and graduated together. And so I, I knew these guys, but somewhere about March last year, they walked into our church just to visit and check it out, and I saw them. They didn't recognize me because I had grown older and uh, wiser, some may have say, uh, but uh, I got beardier for sure, and they didn't, that, that is a word. I made it up first service, and I'm sticking with it. It's beardier, and uh, they didn't recognize me, but after service, I walked up to them, and I said, hey, I, I said, hey, it's good to see you guys. And they said, oh my gosh, I do know you. And, and we, got, we got to catching up. And I said, what are you doing? He said, well, God's called me to plant a church. And I said, that's awesome. Like, who are you partnering with? How, who's funding you? Who's sending you? Who's resourcing you? And this was his response. Nobody. It was like a deer in the headlights. And so I said, well, listen, I said, let me get you connected to some people that, that you can talk to to find out how to get some resources, how to get some money. And so... Uh, what, what came of that is, is that we as a church wound up partnering with them, and we are going to be planting them as a church, and so their launch date is March 18th of this year, and though I know I've been talking about Harmony Church uh, for almost the last year, since about June, right? You guys have used our building here, so we have service on Sunday mornings, and then they've been having Sunday, Sunday afternoon service here, and so... Uh, we, we've, we've had this partnership and this relationship with them, and we uh, partnered together to plant them March 2018. So March 18th, I want to say, is your launch date, right? And uh, I wanted you guys to meet them. So I've brought Claudio and Paula here today. Would you greet them as they come up here on the stage and just share a quick word with us? Good morning, Simple. I got my three boys in here somewhere. Where are they at? You guys up here? C- come up here for a second. Uh, as Aaron was saying, we're, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Brazil. This is my lovely wife of 20 plus years. Amen. Woo-hoo! Yes. And I uh, got my youngest here, Caden, CJ. He's a little hurt from a basketball game yesterday. I'll pray for him. And uh, this is my middle one, Kylan. But uh, we, we, uh, we've been in this journey for a while. I'm originally from Brazil, as I mentioned. And I came here 
1980, my parents came as uh, missionary pastors to Massachusetts, and they were helping another pastor um, co-pastor church in the Portuguese language. And once my dad assisted him, he went on to establish about a dozen plants uh, around the New England area. So I was literally in ministry my entire life. Um, through that time, you know, we, we had uh, other venues and we moved here to, to Columbus, uh, went to Bible college and all that, and always served under a ministry at some capacity. Um, did it faithfully, did it consistently, and it was always unto the Lord. And people would ask me, hey, man, you ever think about starting a church? You know, I'm like, no, because I know the commitment. I know the sacrifice. I know everything behind the scenes. And, uh, but uh, when God puts a demand and he puts a calling on your life, it is unshakable and you can't get it off of you. And so the moment I decided with my wife to take the step of faith, uh, we took that step of faith and God began to connect all the pieces and let me just share something real quick. I, I, uh, earlier this week, I got, a, uh, yeah, this, I got a text from my sister. She lives in Broward County, Florida. And uh, she said, hey, man, you know, pray for us down here. There's been a tragedy that happened. There's, they're reporting over a dozen uh, kids killed in a school. And um, she lives in Broward County, so it wasn't too far from when that happened. You guys probably heard that in the news. And I started thinking about that this morning and realized that of every, how everything that happened, everything that transpired, all the craziness, all the chaos that's going on, uh, those bullets hit different kinds of people, different kinds of races, and it doesn't matter. And the one thing that I, that I was reminded today, this morning, is that in the body of Christ, I thank God that God doesn't look at color, he doesn't look at skin, he doesn't look at a male, female, this or that, he's the God of love, period. Amen? Amen. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. And I don't know about y'all, Aaron, come here for a second. But, uh, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I, I know this brother right here, it has a little bit of a different complexion than me, but we brothers in Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what I love about the body of Christ. And, and we want to, and our church plan is going to be around uh, Eastland Mall, if you guys are familiar with the area. It's a community that's dying. It's a community that has suffered a lot of loss uh, in families. And we want to be able to be a life-giving church in that community. And Ezekiel 37 comes to mind when God said to Ezekiel, he said, hey, what you got going on? He look at all these bones. They're all dead. <laughs> and he made the dry bones. He said, speak to them. Speak to the dry bones and speak to them the word of God. And that's what I believe God is calling us to do there at that place. And uh, we have, we are so, 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 so thankful and so grateful for Simple Church and for Pastor Aaron with his wife to be able to uh, uh, and endeavor with us, connect with us in this journey. Man, we appreciate you, bro. And I know this wasn't planned, but we have something here for you oh, real quick dude. that we just wanted to. Uh, he didn't know about this. I couldn't do this on the first service, but uh, I, it's just a little tiny token of our appreciation, man, for uh, everything that you're Thank doing you. for us. Um, got a little card there, man, but Thank love you. you, my brother. Thank, Thank you, you so much for everything. Thank you, guys. Come on, show them some love. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Now, listen. Claudio and his family are going to be here uh, after service today, and um, we are their sending church, and having said that, we, we partner with them in a lot of ways, but you know, I, I realize there's people here in this room uh, that, that you, may, um, you may be feeling the Lord leading you to do something, to be a part of their, their church plan. 
to be a part of what God is doing in them. And that can take form in a lot of different ways. That can take form in you, you choosing to pray for them. God may be leading you to bless them financially. God may be leading you to bless them with your time and your talents. And so I'm going to tell you that if the Lord's tugging on your heart or if you have a conversation with he and his family after service, that, that if the Lord's leading you to go with them and to plant a church with them and to be a part of the work that he's doing there, then just know that I bless that and I would love to send you with them to bless them in that way. Amen? Because look, we're here to build God's kingdom, not just build a castle here known as Simple Church. So let's build it up in all the ways that we can, all right? So love you guys. Thank you for being here today and make sure you stop by and see them after service. So all right, listen, I'm going to sit this right, it's going to just distract me the whole time. I'm going to put it right here. Thank you for that. Put that right there. Well, listen, we're going we're gonna to jump into our message today. We are at the have fun message, and I realize all of y'all, you're ready for this, and, uh, and, and just know that today is the PG-13 message. I've been warning you for a couple weeks that we're going to talk about some stuff today, all right? So uh, stuff for married people, amen? And, uh, and so if you want to have your child in child care and, and the, our kids' Uh, ministry. Just know that they will be loved and cared for well back there. This is your opportunity to get them there now. The rest of you settle in because first service was a lot of fun and this is going to be fun too, all right? So we're in this relationship series and we do this every time around this year. It's one of my favorites. It's always one of one of a very special time for us as a church. This year is a, a very different for us and something I'm even more excited about because in tandem with this, we're also doing our marriage conference. And so there's a, there's uh, the XO conference we're doing this weekend. I think you can still sign up for it. It's the 23rd and 24th. We'd love for you guys to join us. It's at C3 Church in Pickerington, which is our sending church. So just go to our website and you can sign up for that. Um, but this, this series is always great because, it's uh, again, it's a focus on relationships, not just on marriage. So we got something for you single people. We got some for you dating people and engaged people. And then we definitely got some stuff for you married people today, all right? And so uh, just don't check out. I got something for all of you in this message today. And uh, the key verse we've been looking at in this series is from Lamentations 3. And this is a book, this Lamentations is, comes from the word lament. This is written by Jeremiah. He's a prophet who is lamenting or weeping over some stuff. So we got a whole book of him crying out to God. And he says this in uh, verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. He's basically saying, I remember my past, the mistakes I've made, the choices that I've made that weren't healthy ones. They weren't, they weren't God's best for my life. And as a result, I'm bummed out about it. I'm depressed about it. In fact, I've, I've kind of lost some hope. And when you lose hope, you kind of get polarized, right? Your life just kind of goes into standstill. You're not moving forward in the directions that you need to be moving forward in, especially not in your relationships. And many of you can relate to this. You've made decisions in your relationships that have kept you stuck. Maybe you carry some shame or there's some bitterness as a result of a relationship. Maybe you were in too long or you allowed to go too far or something happened in that relationship and you're just stuck. You've lost hope. Well, just know that God is a God of hope because check out the next word. I love the next word. He says, yet. See, God is a God of yet. It doesn't matter what's happened. God is a God of yet. He's the God that says, hey, the story of your life has been written like this thus far, but turn the page. And there's a blank page that's ready to be written with God's grace and God's love and his power that will change everything, change the very direction of your life. He's the yet kind of God. And so Jeremiah says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
Not in himself, not in his own ability to have a good life or to make good decisions. It's not about that. It was about this. It was founded on this one thing, God's great love. It is God's great love that we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. Another translation says his mercies never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So it's really important in a series like this that you understand that it doesn't matter how your marriage has been going thus far or how your relationships have been going so far. There is an opportunity. There is a yet moment for you that if you've lost hope, if you're in the middle of it and you're finding despair, God's a yet kind of God, or he's better yet, he's a from this day forward kind of God where things can change. But here's the deal. Having that attitude, his ways are best. And when we involve ourselves in God's ways of doing things, that's when he involves his power in changing us. And so there's five things. If you want to change your odds in your marriage, because odds are 50-50 for your marriage, that you're headed towards a divorce, 50-50, of us are headed towards a divorce in the church and outside of the church. And if you want to change your odds for your marriage, there's five commitments that I believe if you'll make them, will change your odds from this day forward for your marriage. Here they are. They're real simple. We've even got them symbolized up here on, us, on, the, on the wall. And if you've been with us, help me out. The first one is seek God. Next one is fight fair. Then we've got have fun. The next one is stay pure. That's right. And then the last one is never give up. Let's try it again together, everybody. Let's have some fun, all right? So seek God, fight fair, have fun. Stay pure, never give up. Those are the five things, if you commit to them from this day forward, that I promise you, your marriage will have a better chance of making. In fact, that, that first one, seek God, is what we talked about in the first week. And we said, listen, if you're going to, you need to make God the priority relationship. In other words, he's your one. And you, with your two, meaning your spouse, you seek the one. And if you'll do that together, you'll change the course of your marriage. In fact, the Harvard Business School says that marriages typically have that 50-50 shot of lasting, but if you do three things, you can go from 50-50 odds to one out of every 1,246 marriages fail. How many like those odds a little better for your marriage? And they said if you do three things, here they are, if you'll pray together, if you'll talk about the Bible and you go to church together, you change the odds of your marriage. It's that simple. That's the Harvard Business School saying that. And if, if it's that simple, why wouldn't we do it? So we need to seek God together. The second thing we talked about last week was fight fair. James 1, 19 through 20 gives us the pattern for how we're to do that. We're to listen carefully. We're to guard our words faithfully. And then we're to handle our anger righteously. If you missed that message, please listen to both of them. They'll be a blessing to you, a blessing to your marriage. And if you're single people, it'll help you get ready for marriage. And all the married people said that's a good thing. And they say amen to that, right? It is. Third thing today, we're going to talk about having fun, and next week we're going to dive into how we stay pure, because as married people, if we continue to do everything like the world's doing, we don't have a fighting chance to stay married. We just don't. And then the last week, we're going to talk about how we make it to that, that phrase we gave in our marriage vows that said, till death do us part, all right? And we'll talk about how to never, ever give up. So let's dive into today's topic, and let's talk about having some fun. So it's interesting to me that when we start dating, there's a lot of fun being had. Everybody's having fun. You're, everything is about fun. The events that you do, the dinners that you have, the, the, everything you participate, you're having fun. And then something shifts. You get married and life happens and for whatever reason, we just stop having fun. 
But I'm here to tell you that God delights when we enjoy the blessings of marriage. In other words, have fun in our marriage. In fact, he says it this way in Ecclesiastes 9. He says, live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. Now that phrase, meaningless days, is very clear. God is aware that not every day of your life is going to be very meaningful. Some days are going to be wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to work. Like there are going to be some days like that. But even in the middle of those meaningless days, God wants you to have joy. And where it's found is in your spouse. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to live happily with her. It says the wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. So another translation says this, this is the NIV. It says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. And I'm gonna tell you, it's important for you to have fun in your marriage relationship because without fun, without romance, without sex, that a marriage relationship gets reduced down to a business relationship. One where you're basically roommates. You guys live together, but you live two very separate lives. You're doing two separate things, and you, the conversations you're having surround, you do this, and I'll do that. And I'm going to tell you that no one, no one falls in love that way. No one stays in love that way either. Tell me the last time you heard somebody say, well, I went out on a date with a guy recently, and he was so boring. It was fantastic. <laughs> I went to his house, and he played video games the whole time, didn't talk to me. And I just played on Facebook. I'm sure we have nothing in common, and I think this is the guy I'm going to marry. <laughs> that doesn't happen. No. The people that wind up getting married are the ones that come back from their dates and are like, this was so much fun. We have so much in common. We did this together. We enjoyed this together. It's people that are having fun that wind up getting married. The ones that make those long-lasting connections. They make memories. They do things together. Fun is present in our dating life, but when we get married, we lose all the adventure and all the fun. That's just not how it should be. My wife and I, when we were dating, you know, we, we walked into it. And I realized every dating relationship is very different. That's why I'm kind of sharing my own. I had two kids and my wife had one. And so you say, well, how do you date? Well, we made a lot of our adventures about our kids. And we went out and hung out together with our kids and went to the park and did a lot of fun stuff with our kids. But we were very, very intentional because we knew that it could not just be about the kids. And so she lived in Kentucky. I, of course, lived in Ohio. So when we visited each other, I'd stay with her parents. She'd stay with mine. And we would trick our parents every weekend into watching our kids for a few hours so that we could go out and enjoy time with each other. Now, one of the things we didn't have a luxury of because we were driving such great distances every weekend, spending money on gas, young people, Spending lots of money on gas. We were also spending lots of money on our cell phone bill. Because back in the day, cell phones had things called minutes. And you paid for them. Now they had free weekends and nights, but my wife worked night shift when we were dating. She worked night shift. And so I didn't have the luxury of talking to her at 7 o'clock if you were lucky and had that plan. Most of them started at like 9 p.m. Can I get a witness? Somebody. Yeah, that's how it was. And so our phone bills were really high because we were talking all day long, burning them up. So we didn't have a whole lot of money to go out on expensive dates between gases and, gas and phone bills. We just didn't have the luxury. And so 
here's what we wound up doing. We played a lot of board games. We got out decks of cards and had a lot of fun. And I'm going to tell you, we made some incredible memories, but I learned a lot about my wife. One of the big things I learned about her is the insane monster that she turns into when we play games. She's very competitive. She even earned a name to go along with the person that she becomes. It's Shanzilla. Because seriously, I have never met a more competitive person in my life when it comes to playing games. Actually, let me just ask this question. If you've ever been hurt by my wife during a game, just raise your hand. You look around, you see the hands that are up? We play this game called Spoons. And this game turns violent in my house. And even when we were dating, she, they just, the, I don't even need to explain, if you, Spoons is awesome, but it, but it can get crazy and hectic. And I'm going to tell you that at one point in time, I had seen my wife during a game of spoons, dive onto the floor, hit the floor, and skid across it. And I thought she was going to come up with a concussion, but instead she came up with that daggone spoon. That's what she did. <laughs> She's crazy. But we made some great memories over something that didn't cost us anything. We had fun, and we continued to do that. We played board games on Friday night, and we played cards last night. Didn't cost us a penny to do that. We made time for one another. We set aside. Now, here's what I think actually happens, and here's why I think some of the fun leaves the relationship. Guys, I think we're partially to blame. Here's why. Because men, generally, we are hunters, okay? By nature, we're hunters. We prep, we scout, and then once we find the thing that we, wanna, that we want, we take aim and we're cautious. We make an approach. And we kind of court that little thing, that, that, that deer, right? We wait patiently for it and then, bam! We bag it, we stuff it, and we put it on our wall, right? That's what we do. And that's what we do in our relationships, man. We, we, get, we get ready. We make sure we look nice. We put on our dracar and our best gloves. I... I <laughs> Any Dracar people out there? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some, per, some cologne. And we get ready. We prepare. And then we go on the prowl looking for the woman that we'd like to have in our life. And we find her. And then we figure out how to court her. And then we got her right where we want her. And bang! We stuff her and put her on our walls, right? <laughs> we marry her. And then what happens we wrongly assume that our role in the relationship is now to find something else to hunt. We begin to hunt other things. We've already got the marriage. We've already got the girl. And so we start to hunt in our careers. We start to hunt with our hobbies. We start to hunt in our finances or to make something of ourselves publicly. We begin to hunt different things. And I'm going to set you straight, guys. Let me help you. Are you ready? The thing that you did to catch your spouse in the first place is the thing you've got to continue to do. It is not a one-time thing. Whatever you were doing before, you got to keep on doing it in order to keep her, all right? And all the ladies said, there you go. So you need to make it a priority to keep having fun in your relationships. Fun is not a luxury in marriage. In fact, I would tell you that if you don't have time for fun in your marriage, you probably won't have a marriage for very long. That's just the truth. Somebody should be writing some notes down and, and taking note. So there are three types of fun that every married, married couple should have, and I'm going to share them with you real quick. The first one is face-to-face. -face. You need to have face-to-face -face 
kind of fun. This is where you are face-to-face enjoying each other's company. Now, this is what a lot of couples do when they initially start dating. There's a whole lot of talking going on. You guys are chatting with each other, getting to know one another. You're even, some of you, staying up all night long talking on the phone with each other until you fall asleep. And all you can hear on the other line is breathing. Now, not heavy breathing. I just mean the normal, regular amount of breathing. You just fell asleep, okay? And that's what happens. That's what happened with Shanda and I a lot. But for whatever reason, after we get married, all that face-to-face stuff becomes about our schedules. It becomes about our bills. It becomes about our responsibilities. You're no longer talking to each other about anything personal. There's nothing personal. It's not about your spiritual life. It's not about your future, and it's truly not even working. It's just not working. So we have to guard our face-to-face time. Now, today, as we look at through these different kinds of, of funds that we need, fun that we need to have, There are three scripture passages I'm going to share with you, and they all come from Solomon. He wrote a book called The Song of Songs, or it's commonly known to you as The Song of Solomon, all right? And it's Solomon and a Shulamite woman is is the only way we identify her. We don't ever get to know her name, but it's a song that he wrote, and it talks about their courtship, it talks about their marriage, and it talks about their love relationship. And so here's what I want you to see regarding face-to-face time. This is what what Solomon does, and watch how Solomon, he's getting ready to compliment her, okay? And he starts at her feet and begins working his way up her body with the compliments until he's staring her in the eyes. Look what he says. How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. Your great, graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Apparently, Solomon is excited that there's two of them. (laughs) And I have to tell you honestly that this is one of those verses in the Bible that as a kid, when I was reading this, I would go over to my friends and say, look, it says boobs in the Bible, look. (laughs) There's other verses too that are just like this one, but I'm becoming mature in the Lord and it no longer affects me that way. So it says, your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bath Rabin. What's he doing? He's talking to her in a way that she would understand. There's a whole lot of allegory here and comparisons you and I don't understand, but she would have. And, and he started at the feet and worked his way to her face. But what is he doing? He's giving her all the details. He's not just complimenting her saying, babe, you look fine. He's telling her everything that he likes about her specifically and clearly in detail. Why? Because guys like headlines, but women, they like the details, right? The ladies like the details. They want to know what it is about you, about them that you liked specifically and clearly. This is how women are just different from men. They want to know all the details. This is why, guys, women want to talk to you about every last detail through every last conversation that they've had. My wife does this to me all the time when she's talking to me. She's like, well, this happened, and then this happened, and then he said, and then she said, and then I was like, ah, and then she was all like this. And like, and here's me. I've completely checked out of the conversation because I don't care about the details. I want to know what happened at the end of it. Where, where did it start, and where did it end? I don't want to know the details. Do you know what I'm doing the entire time she's talking, saying all the he said, she said? I'm counting all the times that she said, she said. She said, and then she said, and then I said, and this is me. I've just got my hand down here, and I'm just counting like this. I'm not even listening to what she said anymore. I've made a game to entertain myself while she's talking. (laughs) 
You're welcome, gentlemen. Now, my wife was in here first service, and she now knows that I'm playing the game, so I'm in trouble, but the rest of you may not be. Just put your hands in your pockets. She'll never know that you're sitting there counting, okay? <laughs> the details are important to the ladies, guys. They're not really important to you, but you need to understand that your relationship works best when you have intimate, ongoing conversation. The details weren't important to Solomon, but he knew they were to her, so he was talking to her in a way that she would appreciate. And so, listen, as far as this face-to-face time, you got to guard it because life will squeeze the intimacy out of face-to-face fun. So the way you guard it is you make sure that you have a date night or maybe it's, it's a date lunch or maybe it's date breakfast. Whatever works with your schedule, you need to set aside time for you too. Listen, I'll tell you how this works at home if you've got kids and how it works for us. And, and you may think I'm mean, but I don't care. Um, at my house, I love my wife. And my kids, my boys are almost 16. My daughter's almost 15. And every night, they are in bed at 9.30. It's not because I don't like my kids. It's not because I'm mean. Truthfully, when my kids go to bed early, they're well-rested. They're nicer to each other. They perform better in school. It's a good picture and healthy for them. I don't care if they go to sleep, though. I just need them to go to bed because I'm all done being dad for a little bit because I like that woman that I'm married, and I want to spend some time with her, and I tell them that. I love you, but I value this relationship, and if this relationship isn't good, then nothing else is good in this house. So you all have got to go to bed. I love you, but go. Just get there. I don't care if you sleep. Just go. So Shannon and I set aside time every night. We have time for each other. And when we go to bed, we go to bed together. That's an intentional thing that we do. We don't stay up all night long by ourselves because nothing good happens after midnight. I'm just telling you guys, go to bed. Go to bed with your spouse. That's not even in my notes. That was just free for you. I just want you to know I'm just trying to help you. (laughs) Kick the TVs out of the bedroom. We'll get to that part here in just a minute. But kick the TVs out. Go to bed together, all right? That wasn't in my notes either. My wife and I are better together when we have our time together, and and you and your spouse will be too. Make sure you have FaceTime. However you do it, create time where your only goal is to talk to one another, all right? If you're feeling disconnected, spend time chatting. You'll remember why you liked each other so much. Now, regarding this, let me help you. Watching television together, talking while you go to the kids' events, or talking while you both play on your phones together is not good face-to-face time. It's just not okay. You need to set aside different time. That, that does not accomplish it, all right, guys? Be consistent. Be guarded in this face-to-face time, in this face-to-face fun. Invest in it, protect it, and just do it, all right? The second kind of fun that you should have as a married couple is side-to-side. It's side-to-side. This is where you're doing something that you enjoy together. Now, listen, this is what the Shulamite woman says to Solomon. She says, come, my lover, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. What is she talking about? She's talking about a weekend trip together. Let's go do something fun. Let's go do something we enjoy. Let's go do this together. Now, let me tell you, ladies, I know that you crave face-to-face time. And guys, it's important that you give that to her. But guys, they crave and desire side-by-side time. They want their lady to do something with them. That's what they want. Time to hang out. Do something together that you both enjoy. That's really, really important. It makes your man feel valued for you as his best friend to do something with him. So do that. Find a way to do that. 
when Shannon and I were first dating, there was this big issue in our relationship that we had to resolve or else I felt like we were not gonna be able to move forward and it was so important to me. We actually came up with a resolution that we decided to honor because I just could not see myself marrying this woman if we couldn't sort it out and it was the love of OSU or UK. She loves the cats and I love the Buckeyes. And I said, listen, this is, this is not, not going to be okay. I love Ohio State football, and I'm going to need you to get on board for that. And she said, well, I love UK basketball, and I'm going to need you to get on board for that. And so we decided I would support UK basketball, and she would support OSU football. And that's how we got involved in each other's lives. We did something together. In fact, the very first book, uh, OSU football game I ever went to is when we went and crushed Penn State. Oh, yeah. OH? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And we went to that game, and we had so much fun. She's been fully committed ever since. She comes to, not only will she go to games with me, but she comes in and sits and watches the games with me. I know it's not her favorite thing. I know she didn't grow up loving the Buckeyes, but she knows how much I do, and so she comes and sits with me. Now, this was really great. This arrangement was really awesome until one day that the Ohio State Buckeyes went up against UK in the Final Four in basketball a few years ago. And there was a commitment that I had to live out in life and go to a restaurant and watch the game with some friends and cheer for them wildcats in public. <laughs> and boo every time the Buckeyes scored. That was really hard for me. But I love that woman. I do. So get involved in each, with each other. Go work out together. Go, go on adventures together. There's a couple here that I really love this idea. They go on adventures together. They get in their car, it's the Livelsburgers, Danny and Andy, and they, they just drive in a direction. They have no particular place to go. And when they get about 45 minutes out, they pull up Google and say, all right, what's in the area? And they find something fun to do in the area. That's just a fun adventure right there. Y'all should do it sometime. Go with them. They'll, they'll gladly take you out. You never know where you're going to wind up, right? But that's, that's a fun thing to do as far as church goes. Man, I'm going to tell you, you can grab each other's hands. Go to a grow group together. If you've never gone before, they're tons of fun. Go do that together. Go through growth track together. Grab somebody's hand. Grab your, your spouse's hand. Come on, let's go do this. It's a lot of fun discovering how God has made you uniquely to make a difference in other people's lives. In fact, you can even join a team together. My wife and I did that before we planted a church we, we worked in the cafe together and served together and had so much fun. In addition to that, we've gone to Panama, we've gone to El Salvador, we've gone to Honduras, and we've gone and served people together. You want to know the most fun that you can possibly have? Go out and make a difference in people's lives. That's the most fun you can possibly have, I'm telling you. And we did that together. You can do that together. Just do something together. Now, it doesn't always have to be activities that both of you like. You can enter his or her world in one way or another. Ladies, go on a work trip with him or get involved in his hobbies. Guys, watch one of the shows that she likes to watch. You can watch that Fixer Upper show that the, all these girls like to watch. But beware, there are going to be projects that you're going to have to do as a result of watching that show. I can tell you firsthand, my house is slowly becoming a barn. I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> if you've been in my house, you know that's a true story right there. I got a barn ladder hanging over top of my dinner table. I don't know why. It's just there. <laughs> That's true. One of the times I went with my wife, we went out on a, on a morning date, and I took her to breakfast, and I said, hey, babe, I got one more surprise for you. I took her to get a pedicure. Now, don't look at me that way. I didn't get a pedicure. Well, I mean, I did, but I didn't intend to go in there to get a pedicure. 
I went in and just sat with her at the chair. Then I watched her chair start moving and start massaging her back. And then I, they, all the bubbles on the feet and the massage. I said, no, you can go ahead and sign me up for one of those right now. And so they, they did. And, uh, and I don't, listen, don't you judge me. I'm allowed to have one chick thing that I can do with my life, all right? Now, if you got two, that's a whole other thing, guys. We'll have to take your man card. But you can have one. That's what I've heard. <laughs> listen, ladies, I know you want him to talk. I know you want him to, to have face-to-face time with him, and you, and you want to engage with him, and you want him to talk. There are two times when a man is most likely to open up and talk. Are you ready for them? It's when he's doing something with you he enjoys. You know when the second time is? Right after he's done something with you that he enjoys. I'm going to leave that there for you. So we need face-to-face time, and we need side-by-side time. The third one, listen, it's, it's a little goofy, but you'll remember it. Face-to-face, side-by-side, and belly button to belly button. That's the kind of fun you need to have right there. Can I get an amen out there? Now listen, I'm going to start right here and just tell you singles. Listen, belly button to belly button time is something that God has ordained to happen within a marriage. It's more spiritual than it is physical. Listen closely. That when you engage in this, God is making the two of you one. It's something spiritual that's happening. And when you do that within the, the blessing or the covenant of marriage, God blesses it to do more than you could ever understand. There is something supernatural that is happening there. And so I just want to tell you, God's way is that you wait for marriage so that, so that it's blessed, all right? He's not mad at you. He just wants you to know that there's a better way. And his way is the blessed way, all right? And so I, I just want to tell you that, that, that this is, is for you to save for marriage, but you can still listen to it today. And I, I know all kinds of pushback on this. Some people are like, Aaron, I gotta, you got to test it out. You know, I can't wait until marriage because what if we're not compatible? You know, you never buy a car without driving it first. You don't buy a pair of shoes without trying them on. And let me help you out with the whole compatibility thing. If you like this and she like this, you compatible, okay? So that's settled, all right? Let's just settle it. Did he just do that in church? Oh, my gosh. Listen. Watch what the Shulamite woman says to Solomon. Come, my lover, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded. If their blossoms have opened and if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. What is she talking about? She's talking about having sex in the park. That's what she's talking about. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. You'll get arrested. You'll straight go to jail. (laughs) Don't do that. But that's what she said, okay? That's exactly what she's talking about. Some belly button to belly button time. You say, does God like that? Does God, is, is God okay with us? Listen, God didn't like walk into the garden of Adam and Eve and find them in the bushes and go, oh my me, what are they doing? Like that's not, he didn't, that didn't take him by surprise. He created this for you. He absolutely is, is okay if you enjoy belly button to belly button time. Check out what Proverbs says. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Look, I talk with couples all the time and she's like, he's always grabbing at me. He's always grabbing at me. And I'm like, listen, he's just being biblical. That's all he's doing, all right? You're supposed to satisfy him. So just, just calm down. It's okay. This is being a man of God. I like that, all right? And, but seriously, this verse says, 
You're captivated by her love. That word captivated is the word shagah. It's the Hebrew word shagah, and it means, it, it, it references another animal attacking another animal, killing them and eating them. That's how aggressive, that's how passionate he wants your love to be, that you are captivated in that way. And that's what I want for you, that your love would be like that. Now, guys, let me help you, because I'm going to give you a little bit of advice on your lovemaking, because gentle, intimate lovemaking is important. It is important. But guys, let me help you. A lot of you guys struggle because of your approach. You need to work on your approach to your spouse. Guys think that they can just get out of the shower, hang out by the, by the sink, and just put out the vibe, and the lady's going to come running. That's just not how that works, guys. You think by making lewd comments to her, by taking everything that she says and turning it into a sexual innuendo, that you're making sure she's ready to go and that you're priming the pump and you're not. Like, hey, babe, there's something going on with my car. Do you mind taking a look at it? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll pop your hood and take a look underneath. <laughs> hey, babe, I need you to go to the store. That we're out of milk. I'll go to the store and get your milk all right. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Listen, this is not doing anything for her. So you need to work on your approach. Here's what you need to understand. Women are like a crock pot. It takes all day long to cook something in a crock pot. That means that all day long you need to be gentle, loving, and kind to your spouse. That means that it starts in the morning whenever you get up. Give her a hug and kiss before you leave. Be kind to her and nice to her. Serve her. Love her. Send her text messages thinking about you. Call her on your lunch break. Hey, what you up to? What you doing? Hey, I'm on my way home from work. Can I stop and pick anything up for you? Hey, babe, that was a great dinner. Let me do the dishes tonight. See, look, we're serving her, loving her. We're doing all this because let me, <laughs> listen, if you want her purring like a kitten at the end of the day, you got to start early in the day because women are like a crock pot. All right? Listen, I'm serious. I'm trying to help you guys. If you listen to me, your approach should be tender, loving, gentle, and constant. Foreplay is not moments before. It's not. It's all day long. Women, let me help you. Make an approach. Any approach will do. <laughs> it doesn't have to be witty. It doesn't even have to be crazy or creative. It can just be, would you like some? And yes, he does. Because while women are like a crock pot, men are like a microwave. Toss a hot dog in, 30 seconds later, it's ready to go. That's it. <laughs> the answer is yes, ladies, just to make an approach because he's in no matter what. Now, regarding your, your intimacy, listen, some of you, I hear you. You're like, man, we don't have time and you need to make time. Even if you've got to put it on your calendar, make time. Make it a priority. Our priorities are reflected two ways, our checkbook and our calendar. So put it in your calendar if you have to. It will build the anticipation if you'll just plan it. Make time for it. Get a babysitter. Go to dinner or not. Have dinner at home. Whatever you're going to do, do something. Do have a massage. Take, take a bath. Get ready. Turn some Marvin Gaye on and get it on. That's all I'm saying. The Marvin Gaye. You say, ah, I got no time for that. I got little kids. Let me help you do what we did for years. Go turn on Dora the Explorer. 
put the kids in front of it, and then run to the bedroom, lock the door, because you got 30 minutes to go, Diego, go. That's all I'm saying right there, all right? <laughs> you got time. Have some fun. I have a feeling we're going to have lots of baby dedications nine and a half months from now. Have some fun. Now listen, ladies, I'm going to help you in another way. It's true that most guys desire more intimacy than women do. They're wired this way. They're not perverts. They're not gross. This is just how they're wired. And they want to have sex more often than you do. And when you choose to not meet that need, you create a situation for them. It's, it's sad to me that in a lot of relationships, there's always an excuse. Well, I'm tired, or I have a headache, or I don't feel like it. Let me tell you something that a pastor told me. Just get started. Biology will take over, and you'll feel like it. That's the truth. Because he has a need that, that if goes unmet in his life, creates a crisis in his life in the same way that his silence would create an emotional crisis for you. Because you are his only sanctified and permitted outlet for that need in his life. You're the only, you're the only outlet. And if you say no, that creates a problem for him because every other way that he has to meet that need is sinful to him. And so you create a situation for him. You create a crisis so you need to engage in frequent, creative, spiritual lovemaking. It's a gift that God gave you. It's honoring to God. So do it often and renew your covenant because that's how you do that. Now, I, I realize that not every relationship is in the same place in this room. I know that some of you are pushing back on the idea of, of having frequent intimacy because of something that's happened in your relationship. Well, he's a jerk. Well, she did this, or they stepped out this way, or there's some pain. Look, I'm not trivializing any of that. I know that that is very, very real in your relationship. And my prayer, and I have been praying for you, is that God would bring healing to that in your relationship, that his grace would be greater than anything you've done to each other or how you've hurt each other or how someone else has hurt you. It might not even be related to that relationship. My prayer is that healing would come to you, but I, I, I'm going to say this. That whatever relationship, whatever you're experiencing, I believe God's grace is greater. I believe his love is greater. And I believe that he can give you power to overcome whatever the issues are in your life. Power to forgive, power to move forward, power for it to even be better than it ever was in the first place. I really, really, truly believe that. And for those of you that are pushing back and say, well, I don't feel like it. Can I help you with a phrase that, that is true? That choices lead and then feelings follow. You made a choice to date each other. You made a choice to call her up, guys. You made a choice to go out on a date. You made a choice to go again and again and again and again. And as you chose to do that over and over again, feelings of love came. Choices lead, feelings follow. If you're not feeling it right now, make a choice. Make a choice to do what you did at one point in time because all of you in a marriage relationship used to have fun. That's why you got married in the first place. So my challenge to you is to make a choice to do what you used to do, to remember what, used to, what you used to do, to remember why you fell in love and how you fell in love, and to do those things again, and that when you do, those feelings of love will come back. In fact, Revelation says this, remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent, which just means go a different way, turn around, repent, and do the things you did at first. 
You had fun at one point in time. Do what you did before. Now, I know there's some of you that are in a situation right now where you've been pushed away from that person in your life and someone else has come along and they're complimenting you, they're giving you attention, they're giving you time that maybe your spouse is not. And the grass looks a little greener on the other side, but let me tell you something, the grass is always greener where you water it. So water your own grass. Make the choice, even if it doesn't feel good right now, make a choice to invest in your own marriage and have fun. From this day forward, you can have a different marriage if you'll seek God, if you'll fight fair, if you'll have fun, if you'll stay pure and never ever give up. Let's pray. Father, today, I just thank you for your word. I know that it's challenging, but I also thank you for an opportunity to have fun in church. Thank you for that, Lord. That today I pray, God, that, that as our hearts are challenged, Father, that we would respond to that with a positive attitude, with a from this day forward attitude, that no matter what's come our way, no matter what's happened in the past, that we trust that you got this. That we, if we do these things, that you'll give us your power to have our marriage and our lives changed from this day forward. Lord, help us to prioritize fun in our schedules, in our calendars, in our relationships. And Father, there are those of us that just need a restoration in our marriage. We walked far from where we used to be and it doesn't feel like a good place for us. God, help us get back. Restore our marriages. Let us get back to where we were and let us have fun. But Lord, most importantly, let your forgiveness and grace abound. Let us love one another again. And as we continue to pray, I know there are people in this room that the number one relationship that you need to get right is your relationship with God. And I think people have got God confused. They've turned him into a bunch of rules and that does, doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But I'm gonna tell you the greatest relationship you can have is with him. That loving and serving and following him is the greatest fun I've ever had. It's the greatest joy I've ever known. And you can have fun in your relationship too. It doesn't have to be a list of rules. In fact, it's not. God says to begin a relationship with him. He doesn't want you to know rules. He wants you to know him. That's it. That's all he wants. And so today, if you'd like to take an opportunity to know him, to get this relationship from, from you to him right, I'm gonna pray a prayer in a moment. And that's how you begin that journey. I'm aware you're not gonna be perfect at it. I'm not perfect at it. There's none in this room that are perfect at it. But we're all trying, we're all pursuing Jesus with all of our hearts. And you can join us, we'd love for you to join us. So if that's you and you're in this room today, I'm gonna pray the prayer. If you'd like to be included in on that prayer to say yes to Jesus, yes to his way of doing things, would you just lift up your hand and do that now? Just come on, just let me know that's you. Be bold, don't be afraid of anybody sitting next to you. I'm ready, I'm taking, taking control of this. I'm gonna do this in my relationship with God. Yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, listen church, let's pray together. Let's pray together, even if you're listening by the podcast or our live broadcast, Know that you can pray right where you're at and God will meet you. Church, let's pray out loud together and join those that are making that commitment today. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. And today I ask you to forgive me, to make me brand new, and to give me a brand new life. 
Show me how to live for you, Jesus. And I'll spend every day doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.